Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for <clears throat> your love for us. We ask, Lord, today that you would just teach us, instruct us, Lord, and uh, open our eyes, Lord, that we may see. I ask, Lord, that you would use me, that you would speak through me, and that you would uh, just anoint the words that they will reach the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 <clears throat> um, I would like to start um, by sharing a little bit of my testimony. And let me see, how many of you know a little bit about my testimony? Oh man, almost all of you. Okay, how many of you just learned a little bit about my testimony like this week? Okay. How many of you know a little bit about my testimony from a long time ago? Okay, good. Just a few of you. Um, <clears throat> as I shared earlier uh, this week, um, I was uh, part of a four-man hip-hop group, and um, we were in the middle of recording our first album when I was introduced to the Seventh-day Adventist message. We had... Um, about 20 of my friends, <clears throat> somewhere between 20 to 30 people, uh, had um, left school, left uh, Virginia State University to come up to New York City where we were going to be recording. We were all going to live the lifestyle that we saw on TV, you know? That's it, the parties, uh, you know, smoking, drinking, and just um, living what we thought was the life. Uh, in this environment, we met an Adventist. He was, we were all around 20, in our early 20s, some still teenagers. And um, this gentleman that, that we met um, began to share with us uh, things from the Word of God. And, I mean, his knowledge of the Bible was so incredible. We had never heard of a Seventh-day Adventist before. Am I supposed to have a microphone up here, Jonathan? Jonathan? Do I, am I supposed to have a microphone up here or no? Okay. Um, do I need a microphone? Yes. If you can get me a microphone, that would be great. If not, I'll just try to talk as loud as I can. I'm going to get louder than this, so don't worry. I'm not preaching yet. Okay. Um, and so um, we were introduced to the, to the Adventist message. And, you know, funniest thing in the world, we're all smoking and drinking. You know what I mean? We're just like hanging out. Now this guy who is you know, kind of doing some of these things with us, begins to open the word of God with us, and, you know, total uh, transformation in that household. We would be um, literally just like up at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, and before, we were just like partying, hanging out. Now, if you had walked into that house, you would have seen like people sprawled out all over the floor with Bibles open, just studying, studying the Adventist message. And we were actually still smoking and drinking while we were doing it. And so it was just, you know, a real funny sight. But God, through that, um, uh, through that event, through that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit penetrated and brought about a powerful transformation in our lives. Well, we got so excited <clears throat> that what we decided to do was to share the three angels' messages in our hip-hop music. Okay, nobody heard that. <laughs> so, here we are with our dreadlocks. And uh, 
You know, we're, we're already saying, you know, we're, we're not going to be like regular Adventists. We're going to be those cool Adventists. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, dreadlocks and, you know, pants and, you know, we're here to tell you about Jesus. You know? And we'd be in the clubs actually doing this Friday night. <laughs> Friday night in the clubs and we're rhyming about Jesus we're rhyming about the Sabbath we're, we're rhyming about the three angels messages we're rhyming about the mark of the beast and then we're doing things like who wants to know who the antichrist is raise your hands everybody would go ah, and then we start throwing out great controversies <clears throat> so I mean, we were just trying to find every way possible to, like, get this message out because it really gripped us. And uh, we were really honest, really sincere. And then I began to think about it. I was like, you know what? Something's wrong here because, um, you know, I mean, we would just be, you know, I mean, we would do our songs and then we'd stop and talk in between. And we'd tell the people, like, you know, what are you doing here? Get out of Babylon. Why are you in this club? Don't you know if Jesus came tonight, would you be ready? And, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, the Lord began to speak to us because we would see people dancing to this life and death message that we thought we were preaching. This is the three angels' messages. Why are you not repenting in the club? Why are you dancing? Why are you throwing up your 40 bottles and going, oh, throw it up for Jesus, all right, with blunts in their hands and all kinds of stuff. And I'm going, Lord, something's going on here. Something is not right. <clears throat> we would uh, go on programs like um, uh, Teen, Teen Summit. I don't know if you, any of you remember that program from way back, you know, early 90s. Teen Summit, BET, Soul Train. And uh, what's the name of our Soul Train? You'll understand why I call it Soul Train in a moment. But we would go on these, uh, on these programs, and I mean, we were known as the hip-hop group that was not afraid to talk about the Bible. So we'd be on BET with Bibles in our hands while we were performing. You know? And then they'd interview us, and we would all talk about, you know, it's about God, it's about God. And um, the name of our group was Boogie Monsters. The Boogie Monsters. So if you go online and Google, don't go online, don't do that. But, you know... Yes, okay, some of you already did. Okay. Um, you know, at first we had decided to call ourselves Boogie Monsters because, you know, we, first of all, my brother and I were dancers. So, Boogie, get it? Boogie Monsters, you know, like we could dance really good. But then we, you know, the, the name kind of evolved to be, to mean that, you know, people were afraid of what they didn't understand and we wanted to be like a conscious hip hop group. And then when we became, at Venice, we were like, well, man, what are we going to do now? Oh, yeah, okay. You know, people see us and they judge us. They think we look scary, but indeed we are Christians. That'll be the, that'll be the answer why we're now the Boogie Monsters. So we were really trying to work it and it wasn't really making a whole lot of sense. <laughs> <clears throat> so we would have all these interviews with, you know, Rolling Stones magazine. And, and again, we were just like coming up. I mean, these people were like, uh, th these guys are going to be the next... Um, uh, Jim Morrison, because what we had done, we had, we had, we had, uh, any of you ever heard of um, The Doors? The group? We modeled, our album name was called The Riders of the Storm. So let you know who our idols were. They were Jim Morrison and The Doors because they were so crazy. They were like lunatic. We we're like, man, it's cool to be lunatic. Wow. And so those were our models. 
And, uh, you know, papers were saying these guys are going to be the, the, you know, the next doors of the hip-hop generation and those kind of things. Well, one day what, what really began this process of realizing that something was wrong is that one day we were sitting around le- reading fan letters and... Um, we got one fan letter that, that asked, you know, said, hey, I appreciate what you guys are doing. You know, hip-hop group for Jesus, and that's great. But I have a question for you. Doesn't the Bible say that light and darkness cannot dwell together? If that is so, how can you have a name like Boogie Monsters and claim to be serving Christ? And so we all looked at the letter, and we kind of laughed. Like, Who is this guy? You know, he's weirdo. Uh, the next day, we all came together. Yeah, I think we should change the name of our group. <laughs> and, you know, I really pray that I will meet this. I don't know who, the, I, you know, we threw away the letter, but I really pray that this guy will be in heaven because it is because of him, partly because of him, why I'm standing here today without all the stuff that I was or, you know, the stuff that, why I'm here today. Amen? Amen. So uh, we decided we'd change the name of our group. The, the, the label said you're not doing that because everyone already knows you by that. The name is stuck. And... You know, a whole big ordeal. God began to speak to my brother and I. And what I want to share with you in this particular session is some of the things that he began to share with me and has shared with me over the process of time. Now, um, I have this presentation uh, on DVD. So for those of you who want to get a hold of this, uh, um, I actually went to Jamaica and spoke on this very subject. And so you can we're going to have DVDs available uh, tonight, the DVD is entitled Escape from the Black Hole. And um, <clears throat> some very powerful um, gems that I'm going to share with you in this particular session. And then the next two sessions, we're going to be looking at some more issues with the entertainment industry, in particular with music. So, do you have your Bibles? Mm-hmm. All right, let's open up. Let's open up to Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says there, they overcame him by what? The blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Uh, We are told that we overcome the beast, we overcome the devil in the last days by having the blood of the Lamb. Now, why is that important to understand? Because um, what is the blood of the Lamb? Remember when Jesus, just before he was about to die, he gave his disciples what? Bread and Wine, bread and what, everyone? Wine. wine, bread and wine, and that wine was symbolic of the blood. It was pure wine. There was no what fermentation in it. So what the devil wants to do is, if he knows that we overcome by the blood, he wants to take away the blood and replace it with something else. What is he going to replace it with? The wine of the wine of Babylon. What does Babylon mean? Confusion. What kind of wine is it? Fermented or unfermented? Fermented. In other words, when a person is fermented or when a person is drinking fermented wine, they can no longer tell the difference between what is right and what is wrong, what is good. And what is evil? Don't raise your hands. How many of you cannot tell the difference when it comes to music? Don't raise your hand. 
But just think about that. Because what the devil wants to do, beloved, is he wants to confuse the mind so much that we cannot discern between what is right and wrong. And once we lose our ability to discern and call good evil and evil what? Good, we're, ended, we were gonna, we're gonna end up in a whole lot of trouble. So notice with me Revelation chapter 18. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 18. And I want you to notice with me verse 23. Revelation 18, verse 23, the Bible says, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy, what's the word there? Sorceries were all nations deceived. The Greek word there for sorcery is the word pharmakia. Um, man, you know what? I hate holding microphones. Because they remind me. That's why I like earpieces. And thank you, Jonathan. Where was I? Pharmakia. The Greek word for pharmakia, and you may want to write this down, the Greek word for pharmakia, or the Greek word for sorcery is the word pharmakia, from which we get our English word what? Pharmacy or pharmaceutical. What do you get at a pharmacy? You get drugs. What do drugs do? Illegal drugs do what? Medicate the mind. So the, the Bible tells us here that all who are deceived in the last days will be deceived by sorcery. By sorcery. And it's amazing because when I go places and ask people, anytime I do this presentation, I ask people, how many of you know someone that is struggling with sorcery? And people look around like, I don't know anyone struggling with sorcery. But when we open the definition up and we realize that that word sorcery is the, is the Greek word pharmakia, pharmaceutical, which means to medicate the mind so that it will not follow God, we begin to ask ourselves a couple of questions. First of all, like this, can drugs medicate the mind? You know someone on marijuana, you know someone who's smoking, who's doing drugs, you know someone who is struggling with sorcery. Uh, what about alcohol? Can alcohol medicate the mind so that it will not follow the law or the will of God? Yes, indeed. You know someone that is drinking alcohol, you know someone that is struggling with sorcery. And I like to point this out that when you, you know, drive by those liquor stores and you see spirits sold here, huh? Now you understand why. It is because, beloved, we are dealing with supernatural forces. I'm not calling the alcohol supernatural. I'm saying what, that the devil is able to use that to medicate the mind. Can television medicate the mind so that it will not follow the will or the law of God? And if I were to ask you now, how many of you know somebody struggling with sorcery? A whole lot of hands would go up. Why? Because, beloved, the devil has the, is using television in these days to medicate people's minds so that they will not follow the will or the law of God. Now, what about music? Can music medicate the mind so that a person will not? How many of you know somebody struggling with sorcery? Quite a few of you. Maybe all of you. You see, the devil understands that God's people cannot have clear minds 
or God, he does not want God's people to have clear minds to be able to rightly discern between the truth and error in the last days. I want to share with you something that the Lord shared with me that just absolutely blew my mind. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Notice what it says here. Revelation 12, verse 9. The Bible says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Why was Lucifer cast out of heaven? Because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be like God. Who is Jesus? God. So he wanted to be like Jesus. But what was Jesus' name before he was called Jesus? So Satan wanted to be like Mike. Oh. <clears throat> and I remember thinking to myself, man, is, is it coincidence that all the most famous um, uh, sports, musicians, television, people that, that are idolized the most, don't they all have names? Michael? I mean, think about it. And I'm not calling these people satanic. I'm just saying that it appears to me amazing that God, that Satan is having the world wanting to be like Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Michael Phelps, Mike Tyson. Think about all the Mikes you can think of and everybody is idolizing and wanting to be like Mike instead of wanting to be like Michael. Interesting. And so Lucifer was cast out because he wanted to be like Michael. He wanted to be more popular, more famous than Michael. He wanted to be exalted above Michael. And and the Lord asked me, where does the desire come from to be exalted above somebody else? And I thought, wow, it began with Lucifer. Do you realize that the entire entertainment industry is based upon the desire to exalt oneself above all others? I want to be famous. I want to be well-known. I want to be more famous than, than, than anyone else. Beloved, that principle can, be, can, can also be found in the church. You understand what I'm saying? Whenever we desire to outshine one another, to outsing one another, to outpreach one another, we are exercising the very same principle that Lucifer exercised in heaven. And so... The Bible tells us that that these angels were what? Cast out of heaven. Where were they cast? Down to this earth. And I remember the Lord saying to me, what, how are these angels influencing men upon the earth today? And it hit me, beloved, because in Revelation 12, verse 4, describing the same throwing out of, of, of the devil and his angels out of heaven, Revelation 12, verse 4 says this, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. So these angels were called what? Stars. And these stars were cast where? Down to the earth. And these stars are now influencing men on earth. How? Because men are now calling themselves stars. 
Now, what is astrology? The study and the worship of the stars. Astrologers, they look at the stars, then they say, okay, read my horoscope according to the stars, and this is what I should wear today. This is how I should walk today. This is what's going to happen to me today. They guide their lives by the stars. Now, we as Seventh-day Adventists, we're not into astrology. Amen. Amen. That's right. We know about astrology. We know do not worship the stars. But I have a question. Could it be possible that astrology is going on in the midst of the Seventh-day Adventist church today? Could it be possible that many of our young people are looking at the stars and dressing according to the stars and walking according to the stars and acting and talking and modeling their entire lives after the stars? What do you think? Am I making this up or are you seeing what I'm saying? Could it be possible that God's people are stargazers? What's interesting, beloved, really interesting, is that uh, I remember God pointing out to me where these angels, these stars that were cast out, cast out into the earth, where is the home of the these stars. Where is the home of these lost angels? Uh, did I hear somebody say Hollywood? No. Hollywood, Los Angeles, the city of angels. Hollywood, you probably realize. <coughs> Do I need to give you a couple of minutes? <laughs> Do we need a breather? <laughs> Hollywood, you may not have realized this, is the capital of spiritualism. How many of you knew that? You know, Hollywood is the largest promoter of spiritualism, larger than any spiritualistic movement. All Hollywood has to do is put out one movie and the whole, all of America and much of the rest of the world will sit down and look at this thing and be influenced. Hollywood, the city of the lost angels. And I'm not saying that that's, their head, that's one of their headquarters. You understand what I'm saying? Here's what's even more interesting. How many of you know about Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. Harry Potter, in his series, he's got a wand. The author made it so that Harry Potter carries a wand. And Harry's wand is made out of a special type of tree called the holly berry tree. Now, the holly berry tree is one of... <laughs> <laughs> The holly berry tree was one of nine sacred trees in ancient witchcraft, which uh, witches would use to apparently put spells of sleep upon people. Now, these spells of sleep were to help a person's transition into death smoother. So Harry Potter's wand is made out of a kind of wood called holly. (laughs) Wood. Could it be that Hollywood 
is the magic wand in the devil's hand that is lulling the people of God to sleep. Could it be? You see, beloved, the devil is much, much wiser than we think. And, and these things are either coincidence or the devil has been pulling the wool over our eyes. We were to sum all these things up, we would call it the, the music, the drugs, the rock and roll, the, the, the entertainment or the, the television, all those things, we would sum it up in the word, the entertainment industry. And you take that word, entertainment, and break it down. Enter means to come in. What does it mean? Come in. Tain, like obtain, retain, attain. It means to hold or possess. And meant refers to being in a state of. So the word entertainment means to come in, to possess, and to hold in a state of possession. Are you being entertained? Are you being entertained? It's interesting that when, when, when Adam and Eve, um, Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent. But when the serpent came to Eve, he did not appear as himself. He appeared as a medium. Right? Now, what is a medium? It's one that communicates or that is used as a go-between between the spirits and humanity, right? And so the devil knew that if he appeared as himself, Eve would have backed off. So he appeared as a medium in the form of a serpent. Does the Bible condemn the use of, me of, of, the, of a medium? Yes. Of course it does. And what's interesting, beloved, is that... Um, <clears throat> When, this, when, this, when the devil used this medium to speak to Eve, he spoke to her in a musical voice. He entertained her. You say, man, I'm glad I wasn't back in those times. <laughs> it's interesting. Did you know that the plural for the word medium is media? Checking my microphone here. <laughs> Could it be possible that the devil is using the media as a medium to communicate his very character into the people of God? What do you think? You think it's possible? Um, when you want to say turn the... Oh, what do they put on TV anyway? They have what's called what? Programming. Uh, <laughs> programming. Beloved, somebody is being programmed. When you sit there and watch, Ellen White tells us that the devil's uh, hypnotism will take new forms in the last days. And I believe, beloved, that we are seeing many people hypnotized. I can tell when a person's been hypnotized. Let me demonstrate for you. When I was in the music, when I was growing up, you know, my parents never, I, I, I walked like a regular sane child. And when I began to watch my favorite stars and stargaze, you know what I began doing? All of a sudden, Now, um, what was happening to me? I was being what? 
programmed, hypnotized. Has anybody did any? Was I taught to walk like that? No. Who taught me? By beholding, we become what? Change. The way that a person dresses, the way that they walk, the way that they talk, shows who they have been beholding. And the devil, beloved, is out to hypnotize the people of God in these last days. How? And when you want to say, turn the station, what do you say? Turn the what? Does God condemn channeling in his word? Yeah. What is channeling? Same thing as me. It is the communication of evil spirits. Beloved, when you are sitting watching that violence, that, that channel of sex, that channel of violence, that channel of adultery, beloved, things are being channeled into you and you think, well, I'm okay. I can handle it. The devil doesn't have any control over me. Let me ask you something. What do you control the TV with? When you're sitting down in your chair and you want to turn the station, what do you use? <laughs> it's okay you'll, you'll be alright Jesus having serious revelations up here <laughs> remote control what does it mean it means to control from a distance and many of us believe that we've got it we're, we're in control but we don't realize beloved that the devil is controlling us from a distance you see Anybody's eyes being opened yet? Amen. <laughs> you think about it. <clears throat> I want to give you an example of how the devil is so cunningly deceiving God's church. So we're going to start from point A. Point A is this. You're sitting down in, in, your, in your living room. You've got the TV on. The commercial comes on and it says, coming soon. <laughs> and you're already like what's coming soon <laughs> more action than you have ever and you're just like about to pass out the, the thing hasn't even come on you and you're on the edge of your seat and all you're hearing is, is these words action, drama, sizzling hot, excitement and I mean, your eyes are just gazing. I've got to go. It's almost like a drug, isn't it? I've got to go see this. And so we go to the movie theater. By the way, let me pause right here for a second. Do you know, do you know that Paul in Colossians 3 verse 2, he says this. Um, uh, man, I wish I could remember. It says, um, uh, do not, um, oh. Oh, my goodness. It's, let's turn there. Let's turn there. Let's turn there. Colossians 3. Yes, yes. Colossians 3. Set your affections. Uh, where is it? Verse 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things upon the earth. Wait a minute, that's not what I'm looking for. That's a good verse, but it's not what I'm looking for. Man, it's totally slipping my mind. But uh, here we are. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 23. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Paul said, make sure that your faith is grounded and be not moved away from the gospel. I want to tell you about that word. When Paul said the word moved, he was saying, look, well, by the way, do you know the word move, ha move has the same meaning as emotion? E motion. It means to move. So when you say, man, I was moved by that song or by that presentation, you're saying that your emotions were what? Stirred. That's what the word moved has meaning of. So Paul says, don't allow your emotions to be what? Moved or stirred away from the gospel. Don't allow your emotions to be what, everyone? Moved away from the gospel. Paul said the devil's going to try to move your emotion away from the gospel. So what do you think happens when we go to the move? Ease. You don't get it. <laughs> what do you think the movies are designed to do? Move you. <laughs> Motion pictures. <laughs> pictures designed to move you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when you're seeing Superman as your hero and Spider-Man as your hero, and then you look at Jesus and he doesn't have, you know, spider webs coming out of his hand and he doesn't have on, you know, pajamas, you're going, man, you know, you know, they look more exciting than Jesus does. And when you're seeing all these adventures, you're saying, man, you know, Oh, if that were real, I want to be a part of that imaginary thing. When God is saying, look, you can be a part of the real thing. The devil wants to move us. And so, by the way, do you know that the word that he used there for move is the word uh, uh, telekineo? You know what that means? Telekineo, or, or rather, matakineo. Matakineo, the Greek word. And the, the, word, the part of that word, kineo, what does it sound like to us? Kinesis or kinetics. It's the science of movement. Did you know that the word cinema comes from the word kinesis? Beloved, when you go to the cinema, you are going to be moved. Listen, ever heard of telekinesis? Telekinesis is the psychic ability to deform an object without touching it. Do we need some time? Could it be possible that the devil through the cinema is performing telekinesis on our characters? What do you think? And so, we go to the movie to be moved. And that's exactly what happens in one two-hour movie. We're happy when the good guys are, we're sad when the good we're angry. You could cry, laugh. In one, in two, one two-hour session, your emotions are literally being moved all over the place. And then you come out wondering why you're emotionally unstable. <laughs> Wow. 
And so we come out of the movie and, and it was all high, but now we're back in reality and there's a what? There's a lull. When is the next movie coming? When is the next hit? When is the next drug? I need another high. So the next time you're sitting down and now they're like, even greater <laughs> than the last time I told you it was great. <laughs> and the voice goes a little deeper just to let you know he's serious. And you buy it. <laughs> this is the one I've been waiting for. Oh. And you go again and it's just like a drug so what happens now is that you're on this drug and you're getting you're getting these highs you're you're becoming like a junkie and 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 now it moves over to video games and you're, you're trying to get this high to to kind of like escape from something and now what happens when you come to church and the pastor's standing up there and he's speaking and there's no explosive Action, drama, sizzling. The devil pulls out his remote control and pushes the snooze button. How long has he been speaking? Three minutes. <laughs> Do you know that Ellen White tells <laughs> You know that Ellen White tells us? That when we fall asleep in the service, that demonic angels are there for the purpose of not causing us to sleep just when the words that would have perked us. I was sharing with someone today. Isn't it amazing how we, you know, we say, you know, sermons should only last about half an hour. The human mind cannot retain such information for such have mercy on these saints. <laughs> but we will sit for three and a half hours or more without blinking. And then when the thing is over, and then she said, at three minutes and 20 seconds into the movie, she said, isn't that lovely? And then he responded, wait. And then she said, hold on, I love it. And he said, and we can, and we can repeat everything. Man, the sermon was great. What are you talking about? Well, I don't remember, but it was good. Uh-huh, uh-huh, it was good. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And so, what then happens is that you begin to leave the church because church is boring. And then watch this. We say, man, our young people are leaving the church. What can we do? What can we do to bring them back? And what do we do? Action, drama, sizzling, explosive. We bring Hollywood right into the church. Beloved, it's time for us to get wise. It's time for us to realize 
that we are facing an enemy that is cunning. It's time for us to stop saying, I don't see any difference. It's time for us to begin to learn the difference. What is it that's going to keep our young people in the church? This book. I believe that it is because this book is not being preached as it should be that our young people are getting bored. Because this is the greatest drama. And doesn't LOI call it the drama of the ages? This is the greatest drama in the world. Let me tell you something. Oh, boy. I, uh, my code name out in the world was, you know, Yoda. Yoda. That was my hip-hop name, Yoda. Red dreadlocks, long red beard, walked around with a cane, beard, you know, dreadlocks hanging out over my eyes. People see me, they walk, they cross the street. Crazy. You know, yeah. You know, just, just, and, and I call myself Yoda because I wanted to have the, the, the appearance of wisdom. You know, I wanted to be known as a wise rapper, as a wise hip-hopper. You know, man, he's wise. Little did I know that I was being what, everyone? Foolish. Now, little did I realize, you know, you, by the way, my brother's name was Jedi. That was his code name. We were in the same group. So you know what we like. We were like Star Wars kind of fanatics. And you know, the force be with you and all those things. Little did I realize that the Star Wars of Hollywood was simply a counterfeit of the, star, of the real Star Wars. You don't get it. <laughs> it's beautiful, beloved, because listen, you'll remember that Lucifer wanted to exalt himself above the what? Stars of heaven, the stars of God. And the Bible calls his angels stars. God angels were stars. And so the first star war took place in heaven. And that star war spilled out down to earth. And then uh, you remember the prophet Balaam said, a star is coming. That's what he told Israel. A star. Who was that star? Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, all Israel began the star search. Oh. <laughs> they were searching for that coming star. And that star search, beloved, we come down to the place where Jesus is about to be born. And the three wise men are the only ones that find we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And so Herod sought to destroy that star, but he did not. He could not. And then the Bible tells us uh, that, that the stars began to multiply. And in the book of Daniel, we are told that the little horn, seeing these stars multiply and multiply, began to, to try to cast these stars down to the ground and stamp upon them. That's the dark ages. But what he saw was that at the more he stamped upon these stars is the more they what? Multiplied. So he said, in the last days, I'm going to use a new kind of star to war against the stars of God. The stars of Hollywood. Beloved, we're in a star war right now because Daniel chapter 12 tells us that they that be wise and turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever. Beloved, there are two kinds of stars. Stars that reflect the glory of God and stars that absorb the glory of men. Now, which star are you following? Which star are you worshiping? 
tell you something interesting. In fact, if I can, let me read this to you. Just so that you can know why I call this, this, uh, this uh, seminar Soul Train. Do you know that, you know what, you know, how many you remember the program Soul Train? Soul Train, some of you remember, some of you don't. It was, um, no, man, I was getting ready to do it. Well, it was, a, it was an old dance program. It was like a party program that came on something like BET. And they would have a train line and everybody would like, you know, kind of yeah, walk down the party line. And they would be the, and anyway, it's enough demonstration. And just for you listening on tape, I was not dancing. I was just kind of, anyway. So little did I realize that Ellen White saw the soul train. That is a real prophet. Listen to what she says. I saw the rapidity with which this delusion was spreading. She's talking about spiritualism, sorcery. A train of cars was shown me going with the speed of lightning. The angel bade me look carefully. I fixed my eyes upon the train. It seemed that the whole world was on board. The soul train. I fixed my eyes upon the train. Uh, She says, said the angel, they are binding in bundles, ready to burn. Then he showed me the conductor who appeared like a a stately fair person, whom all the passengers looked up to in reverence. I was perplexed and asked my attending angel, who is it? He said, it is Satan. He is a conductor in the form of an angel of light. He has taken the world captive. They are given over to strong delusion to believe a lie that they may be damned. I asked... The angel, if there were none left, she said they were all going with lightning speed to perdition. I asked the angel if there were none left. He bade me look in the opposite direction, and I saw a little company traveling a narrow pathway. So listen, some were taking a train, and some were walking the narrow pathway. Are you on the soul train? I just bought fly, you know, we... We bought, bought some fly paper for our house because, you know, I hate flies. And uh, I went to the store. They were out of fly swatters. So I was like, all right, I got to get this fly paper. Fly paper reminds me of, of a story that I want to share with you very quickly. We're getting ready to close in a moment. Um, there was a fly hanging out. On the other side of the room, he saw a party. It's a bunch of flies dancing. Oh, it looked like they were having so much fun. So a spider in the corner said, Mr. Fly, you don't want to go there. It looks like they're having fun, but they're trapped. They can't. Escape, Fison. You don't know what you're talking about. Look at the, they're having fun. Look at the music. Come on. You, you're, you're old. Second and second, I'm not listening to you. And the fly made his way over to the party. Landed. And you know the rest of the story. Beloved, listen to me. It looks like they're having fun. They're stuck. There's no way out. Not all the money. The prettiest women in the world and the most handsome. We're married now. Three weeks later, I'm on to somebody else. 
The relationships that you think are the, are the perfect. Look at them, man. Man, they must be the envy of the world. They don't last. For all the riches they're still stealing, they're trapped. Okay, I'm closing. We're going to start our next section in a few moments. But listen, I just got to close with this. Do you know that Hollywood has gone so far as to counterfeit eternal life? You ask, what do you mean? Listen, uh, on Hollywood, in Hollywood, they have what is called the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What is that Walk of Fame? It's where stars are placed in a stone. And the offer is, we, you know, we will, you know, if you become famous, we'll write your name in a stone. What that means is, you, the, what do they say? The Hollywood, or the Hollywood Walk of Fame, where the stars are immortalized. A direct counterfeit to Revelation chapter 2, where Jesus says, To him that overcometh, I will write his new name in a stone. Coincidence? No. Beloved, God is calling you to change sides. I was on the dark side once. (laughs) And God said, my son, join me. Join me. Come over to the light side. And let me tell you, every time I speak, I just feel, because I'm in a drama right now. I'm in a real live movie. I, you know, I just be doing it by myself. I'm in, a, this, I'm, I'm in a real live movie. This is the movie. You see, the, the reason the devil has you watching other movies is because he doesn't want you to realize that you're in a movie. You are in a movie, and beloved, you are, God wants you to be his stars. God has a script for you. The devil, you see, God is an author. The devil also is an author. He wants you to follow his script. But listen, beloved, the end of the movie is close. What role will you play in that movie? When the whole, you know when the last movie is going to be shown? The last movie theater? Anybody know when it is? Last movie theater? It's at the end of the 1,000 years. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Ellen White says, uh, above will appear like a panoramic vision. All the events of the history of Earth. That's going to be the last movie theater on Earth. You're going to watch the movie that you're living right now. What role would you have played in that movie? Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to us, Lord. We have a short break. I know we've gone a little over time, but please, Lord, make us willing to be your stars. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.